Welcome to Global Volumes, the podcast that lies at the intersection of storytelling, global health, and personal development. I'm your host, Lisa Gashara, and from developing the world within you to understanding the world around you, thank you for turning up the volume to today's volume. Welcome to another episode of Global Volumes. Today I was joined by a classmate of mine, Carmen. We just began the same graduate program at Duke, the Global Health Graduate Program. And so I wanted to sit down with her and understand her journey to where she is now and in this program, as well as her interests um, that range from nutrition to health and just why she is where she is today. One thing she shared with me prior to recording the episode was that we all have different paths in the right time. Being in a master's program where everyone is coming from different backgrounds and different professions is just something that has really shown and been highlighted through the different people that I've interacted with, she being one of them. So I was excited for her to share her story and the different um, things that she went through and being a clinical dietitian to now going back to school and getting her master's. And so she'll speak to all of that in this episode. I really enjoyed sitting down with her and all the insight that she shared from her own personal relationships and friendships to the experiences that she's had abroad and nationally in the work that she does. So thank you for tuning in to today's episode, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Carmen. How are you? Good. Thank you, Lisa. I'm very happy and excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast. Yes, of course. I'm so excited to have you on. To begin with, do you just want to introduce yourself and who you are, where you are right now in life? All right. Um, So my name is... Carmen Rebecca Kukulan, I'm also known as Becky. Um, I'm currently in Durham, North Carolina, um, studying my master's program at Duke in focused in global health. Um, and I'm very happy. It's been two weeks since I came and it's been um, a lot of adapting, but really excited for uh, everything learning and what's to come. So this is, this is just a great adventure. Mm-hmm. Where were you at before you moved to Durham and before you started this master's program? So before starting the master's program, I was in uh, Hollywood, Florida. So it's about 45 minutes north from Miami. And I was working as a clinical dietitian at a hospital. Um, and I was also doing private practice as well on the side. And I was doing that for about three and a half years. During your time as a clinical dietitian, was there any experience that really drove you into wanting to pursue global health? Yes, so it was I was able to see a wide variety of patients from different backgrounds, different um, medical conditions, um, and as well, I was able to do a mission trip uh, with my church uh, to Haiti, and I believe that was that was in 2019 and that was the experience that I really kind of sparked the idea of how can I combine nutrition with um, something global or health and I didn't quite know what the career would look like but um, just what I was able to see in Haiti um, I worked at a a volunteer at a malnutrition clinic Mm. and at a wound clinic and kind of like hospice care 
and it wasn't doing anything like nutrition related it was mostly like either helping feed the children or helping clean the wounds and um, just talking with the people there and that really had a big impact in me and um, how how do I use my talents my gifts to help others and that also changed uh, what I learned there and um, what I was able to overcome as well because I was faced with fears of like can I do this I've never cleaned the wound but can I do this and it really challenged me it's like yes you know I can't I, I tried and then I realized like I could do it you know um, and that carried on to what as a clinical dietitian at the hospital is like caring for those who are sick um, those who are suffering like understanding like either their pain or what they're going through and just the way I would worked and delivered my care um, with compassion and with love um, that carry on to my work and seeing many different patients and their journey um, through their health conditions had a big impact and then most recently kind of what really was like the push to continue pursuing like education was through COVID. Um, I had, you know, I worked in the hospital um, throughout the COVID, you know, the beginning and kind of like the middle because we're still in it. <laughs> um, and that's where I kind of started seeing the struggles of um, what we kind of learned like right now about like the social determinants, right? Mm -hmm. And kind of seeing patients struggling with having access to food and um, elderly really struggling, you know, getting around, um, just kind of seeing other factors that I could see how it was playing a role in their um, recovery or in their health. Um, and that's like, okay, like, I think it's time for me to do something else. But I couldn't figure out what. And then after kind of um, sitting down, reflecting, and kind of seeing my interest and what I, at that point my knowledge was, it's like, okay, I think global health is something, right? Like, I can combine global health with nutrition um, to help address uh, malnutrition around the world or having, you know, address food insecurity. Kind of those things that um, are having a big impact right now in many, many countries and many uh, uh, places, you know, houses, and, you know, they're struggling right now with food insecurity. And I decided, well, I think, you know, if it's the time, if it's what it really is for me, like, it'll happen. Mm -hmm. And I took that leap of faith, like, I'll apply to school after graduating after five years, right? So, like, I don't really know what I'm getting into, but I'll <laughs> give it a try. Yeah. And it happened, you know, really what my number one choice was, Duke. And mm -hmm. it, it happened, you know, and it's just amazing and after just like one week and just being in class and getting to know uh, my classmates and the faculty and everyone is just this is like the the time and this is really what um, I'm excited for you mm -hmm. know and to learn more and just kind of gather more tools and knowledge in order to see where I can help make a difference yeah uh, reflecting on your own perspective and um, placement as a person who delivers care, mm -hmm. how um, have you noticed different processes of thought as you're caring for different populations? So like when you were in Haiti and caring for a more vulnerable population compared to being in the clinics and maybe you have to be cognizant of someone's age or mm -hmm. um, financial background, how is that like for you in um, delivering care and um, being a nutritionist in that area? Mm -hmm. 
Um, so it's definitely uh, different situations, right? What I saw in Haiti is really struck me because like, like they're lacking the basic needs, right? Mm-hmm. Basic needs like clean water, uh, proper shoes, right? Um, just a meal in itself. Um, so that was very different from what I would experience at the hospital. Most of the patients had access to, you know, clean water or just those basic needs, um, clean beds, a place to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of like the differences that I saw. So when providing care, like in Haiti, there were, you know, the, most of the resources were donated, right? Um, mm-hmm. And there sometimes they were just you know providing kids a meal so that was a different but i was still that taught me to provide love you know like through my care making sure that it's love because that's mostly the most important um part that what they needed you know i remember working with uh, like being with the children and they just wanted to sometimes be by your side. They just were, I remember there was one kid in specific, he would just follow me around and he was just happy by being by my side. He, we wouldn't talk because I didn't know Creole, but he would just be there content. He was content just being by my side. And that was something that's like, wow, you know, just learning that what they need is love. Mm-hmm. And they would, there were children there, they would just hug me and they wouldn't want to leave me. Like, I would try to put them down, and they're like, no, 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 and I was like, I need to grab another children, and they just wanted to, you know, be hugged, be loved, and, but I also, they were giving me love, you know, it's like a, a type of love that broke different barriers of, like, they have mucus all over, and probably pooped, but, like, I, you know, you felt so much love for them that you wouldn't care for that. And being in a hospital, you're more conscious of like germs and you wash your hands and, you know, not, you know, if they have any mucus, you're not touching it, right? Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to, you know, cause any like infections or pass that around. But over there, it was different, you know, they just needed that much love that that was, it broke that barrier of fear of germs, Mm -hmm. which I tended to have. and that was something I learned there in Haiti, you know, like that overcoming that fear of, of you know, of anything, of uh, just overcome of getting sick. That barrier was broken because I just felt so much love for them. But in the hospital, you know, I still learned to, most of us are, you know, have that, that seek for love, right? Mm-hmm. And especially when you're sick, you want to feel cared for. <laughs> Um, right when you know your mom just gives you like a chicken noodle soup with there's the love ingredient of that soup right that yes. makes it also special so that kind of you know also was a reminder in the hospital you know they still need that so with my care like trying to give it with love mm-hmm. not perfect because sometimes you're having a difficult day so that also makes it difficult but um yeah it was just a reminder of that and other than that, it was just different resources, but uh, we still um, kind of shows you the importance of making that possible for other countries, right? Like right. we have so much here, how can we help other countries have the same access to it? Kind of goes off like what global health we're learning about, right? Creating that equity among the countries. Yes. And so you went to Haiti in 2019, and um, prior to that, you graduated from Purdue in 2016. Mm-hmm. Was there an experience in undergrad, either um, outside of class or in the classroom, that you feel 
prepared you or just gave you sort of an expectation for what you were going to do uh, once you graduated? Hmm. I think one of the key things that I learned was um, just time management mm -hmm. um, and balance, you know, trying to remind myself that, um, you know, the priority to study, but at the same time not to forget to, you know, be with friends or mm -hmm. take a time to break. Um, that came in hand also with um, the hard, you know, the um, the courses and everything, it was hard, but it was a, a big challenge. and. I remember my freshman year starting off, I was like, I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. And then, you know, four years later, I was graduating. So that also taught me to, you know, the challenges that, to believe in myself and know that, um, you know, I might be more capable than what I believe in myself. So coming into the hospital, you know, it was really like a new experience, mm -hmm. um, didn't know what to expect. And, um, you know, there was those doubts and like, am I capable? But um, just reminding myself what I went through and you know what I was able to achieve that I could do it mm -hmm. um, so that was one thing and also um, the balance you know working at a hospital at the first day I you know I felt really exhausted both physically mentally emotionally um, just sometimes being around you know a lot of sickness he can really um, hit you yes. so it was important for me to remind myself of having that balance of giving mm -hmm. myself time to rest or mm -hmm. something to do something outside of work mm -hmm. um, to make sure that I'm okay so I can be okay enough to help others yeah um, so that was something I carried as well and I feel like a lot of people don't really discuss how people who deliver care in different settings can get burnt out um, on their own from mm -hmm. just being in those settings so um, would you mind speaking to that a little bit from your own experience to just like what you saw amongst your coworkers? Yes, um, and I think I saw this mostly over the past year and a half through yeah. COVID. Um, I've experienced, you know, burnout. Um, I would think it was towards the end of last year, um, and it I could see it as well. My coworkers, you know, really struggling. They get tired. They have bad days and. For me, it was more of like I became impatient and kind mm -hmm. of I started seeing that where, um, you know, I tired and impatient and really just felt overwhelmed and couldn't, you know, would just couldn't have the energy to do much more. So that was uh, actually I decided, you know, I, I need to take some time off and take and just rest. So you kind of start seeing those signs. Um, kind of listening to your body because no one knows you better most you know your body it's very you know it's, it's smart <laughs> it can let you know when you need to sleep or when you need to eat um, so putting attention to that kind of helps. it's like okay um, if I just try to keep going I'm not gonna be doing this the same quality of work right and you know my patients they deserve that they deserve good quality um, and also like those around me, like my family, like if I'm in being patient, I'm probably being rude or mm -hmm. not listening to them or not also caring for them and whatever they need. Mm -hmm. um, so it's important that we recognize those symptoms and recognize that need that our bodies, you know, sometimes screaming for 
to take that break and it could be just you know a couple hours or of doing something that you really enjoy so that you get yourself also like motivated mm -hmm. and just you know happy um, so that you can have that push to keep moving forward and helping others mm -hmm. um, and I think it's something that more people are becoming aware now with you know the self-care and yeah. um, I know that they start push like creating more awareness of that in the hospital of like don't forget about yourself and mm -hmm. I remember they would do like every Tuesday there would be like thankful Tuesday and we would get mm -hmm. like a small treat um, so that was nice you know they're creating kind of like those little things that could bring some joy mm -hmm. You had shared you beginning university and you taking on that path to go to Purdue was sort of set foundationally because of your parents and mm -hmm. your family. Um, would you like to share that some more on just like who your mom and your dad were and how they sort of boosted you into where you are now? Yeah. Um, so both my parents, um, they, they really... Um, it's funny because they, they didn't quite always push me to study because I already studied so they were more like remember to take a break or mm -hmm. go to bed um, but they always were great they are the very great supporters of what my um, dreams are and mm -hmm. they've always been very encouraging and motivated um, they've um, they've been a good they are a good support system as well as the rest of my family uh, both in like supporting me with prayers, with motivation, encouragement, reminders that you know I'm capable, um, and reminder of like the gifts that I have. So they really, you know, they supported me throughout school. Once it came time to decide about pursuing you know, undergrad and going to college, um, they were very supportive of what I wanted to do. At first, I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I, what I decided to go into nutrition was kind of inspired by. My mom, she did study nutrition as well, but also growing up, they supported uh, me doing a lot of sports, mm -hmm. um, and they would always encourage me to finish what I started. Mm -hmm. So that was something I really learned from a young age, and to so I would be constant on the sports that I did. So I was able to do the, the sports uh, for a long period of time. So uh, that was something I was able to see the impact of. You know, good nutrition and on my, my performance and just my day-to-day -day. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of carried into when I decided I wanted to pursue nutrition and first I began uh, hoping to do sport nutrition mm -hmm. so that's how I decided to go into Purdue um, and my parents were very supportive of me going a long way so at that time I was in El Salvador and they were very supportive of me going to Indiana they did ask me like are you sure you want to go where it snows a lot <laughs> <laughs> they did give me that, uh, you know, that uh, heads up, and I said, "Yeah, I'm very excited. I like snow, but I think they kind of knew what it really it was." Yes. Um, <laughs> when I experienced my first winter, it really was rough, <laughs> and I was not ready for it. But um, they kept, you know, put, you know, motivating me to, you know, not let that be an obstacle. You know, being homesick, they were mm -hmm. there for me. Um, so they they were an encouragement throughout undergrad and making sure I would stay where I started. Yes. Because I think at one point I did contemplate changing <laughs> <laughs> from school mm -hmm. just because it was, you know, a lot of snow. Yes. <laughs> and it was rough. Yes. <laughs> um, and it was in the middle of nowhere also. You know, West Lafayette's in the middle of nowhere. So that was kind of rough too, you know, mm -hmm. just different environment. Um, but they were really, you know, motivated. Uh, they were really there for me, very supportive. So they set that foundation of 
um, being perseverant and strong in what I start mm-hmm. and finish what I start. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they, were, they are very great examples of hard work. Um, I know they've done a lot in order to provide me and my brother with what we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also a big inspiration of um, hard work and perseverance and uh, putting love with to what we do, but don't forgetting about those around us. And you had an experience uh, your senior year of, high, of college that just really shaped your perspective into what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. And um, would you like to just talk about that and talk about what you want to do with that experience and that knowledge? Yes. So before starting my senior year of college, that semester of spring uh, 2020, 2015, um, I actually was able to study abroad um, and that was something also my parents were very supportive of but when I came back of you know studying abroad that summer I started ha- having like some weird symptoms so kind of going back to like making sure you're listening to my you know to your body um, I started like okay this is not normal for me like having double vision having mm-hmm. balance problems um, just having like neck pain just very things that are not normal for me yeah so that triggered me I was like okay I'm also 21 I haven't had like a physical exam I think this is time to have one mm-hmm. um, so it happened that I went for my physical exam and they did notice um, what is called nystagmus they noticed that in my eyes and that triggered for them to do like an MRI brain MRI mm-hmm. um, and then afterwards I got the call that I had a brain malformation brain malformation which is called carry malformation um, and you know sometimes you experience that in just a matter of seconds your life completely changes right and that was something that happened to me once um, I remember I got the call and I couldn't quite digest what they were trying to say so I just gave the phone to my mom and then she heard you know the rest so that kind of did change the trajectory of okay what's going to happen with my life mm-hmm. um after meeting with a neurosurgeon a couple of months later she's um it was about two months that was in august that i got the diagnosis um I believe two months later in around october um i flew back from i did leave for school i mm-hmm. uh, was in florida and i so i um, at that time my parents were living in florida so I um, I went back to school, but I came back for the checkup with the neurosurgeon, and she's like, "Well, it's pretty um, it's pretty bad. Like you, you know, it's really affecting your left side of your body because she mm-hmm. noticed I was having numbness and weakness. So she did tell me like, you know, you need immediate surgery because um, you are at risk for becoming paralyzed. Wow. So hearing that was pretty shocking, especially yeah. being very active throughout my life. Um, so when this kind of happens you know you start asking yourself a lot of questions like why me why this time like what what what's going on yeah um like what's going to happen um but i don't know if it's it was part of me of my personality my way of being that i really wanted to finish you know my semester because i you know if i would drop out have surgery that just meant i would lose like a whole year Mm um so I probably it's not the smartest thing to do to you know try to not have surgery or push surgery especially after hearing that but um i really had the opportunity that my doctor she she understood what i was saying mm-hmm. and she did understand why 
um, and she says, okay, we're going to do further testing in order to see if that's possible. And after having some additional tests, she said, okay, you have um, until December, so winter break. And um, But that was a real struggle and especially did kind of made me have like a faith, you know, struggle in my faith, struggle in just my life. Um, but it was a blessing that um, the school also accommodated for me. They, mm -hmm. they were a great support and my family was a great support, my family and my friends. Um, I made it through and got my surgery in December. And then um, I had a complication for my first surgery, so then I had, I had to have like a second surgery. And then that kind of, you know, still was another obstacle because it's like, okay, does this mean I'm not going back to for my second semester? It was putting a delay in my recovery. Um, still, you know, having a lot of questions, doubt, didn't know sure what was going to happen. Um, but, you know, it was a time of challenge for my faith, but at the same time, I know God was doing small miracles throughout it. Yes. Um, didn't look at, didn't realize at that time, but now I look back and I do see how His hand was working, you know, making small miracles. And I, you know, He knew the desire that I wanted to go back to school, and He made it possible as well with my having a great support because after mm -hmm. six weeks, I was able to go back to school. Wow. Um, and wasn't the smartest too <laughs> my parents were freaking out but um you know my best friend she was very supportive and she was a great help and my parents felt a little bit more um more at peace of me going back knowing that i had a great support at school so um, and my mom was able to go she actually went to college for two weeks with me <laughs> which was funny because my my classmates were like oh i saw your mom in the library and i was like yep that's my mom <laughs> so you know but that was part of also why i was able to make a quick recovery mm -hmm. um just keep pushing myself uh, was advised by my doctor not to overdo it she was also a great example of you know of quality of providing care right um she's i know i i still talk to her um she's always great support and um she did inspire me of that of making sure that i get to know my patients care for them with love because mm -hmm. she did that for me and that was part of my my great you know experience you know of recovery of um she she's the reason why so she actually went um I wasn't supposed to see her like a week like my checkup to have like okay clearance to go back to school was like a week after my like last week that I could miss school mm -hmm. so I was given three weeks to miss and my appointment was on the fourth week mm -hmm. but she found out about that and she like came immediately to see me to the clinic mm -hmm. like you know before those three weeks and that's why I went back to school because mm -hmm. she made that you know she had she made that um, effort to you know go back and see me uh, in order to help me go back so you know just all those things um, really were changing who I you know like how how um, how I look life you know like yes. how I would take each day as a blessing you know an opportunity to live it to the full you know and to also it showed me that um, obstacles and struggles they're an opportunity to be stronger mm -hmm. to learn more about yourself and it's not only me you know i can't take all the credit because <laughs> i i you know i, I didn't do it by myself yeah uh, there's so many people i i, I am thankful for because 
um, I, I made it through, right? Mm. I, you know, I did struggle the first three months. Um, I was, I think I was failing most of my classes for the three, you know, three first months. I was experiencing what's called brain fog. Mm. So I couldn't, I know I would study, I would, you know, understand, but I couldn't make certain connections. Mm -hmm. So I was failing most of the three, three months. Um, and, but, you know, um, through encouragement, through, um, my neurosurgeon telling me he's like don't worry it's normal like yeah. we you know you're gonna be okay um, my professor's helping me out like I was you know I had to learn to seek out for help you yeah. know seek ask others um, for assistance and um, they helped me through kind of like understanding ways that I could understand the material better and make those connections and after the three months you know starts things started changing you know I started doing better in classes and you know understanding more the material doing better in my grades um and i graduated you know yes. um which it was really um i couldn't believe it mm -hmm. i was exhausted you know i was really tired so i did decide to take um like a it was supposed to be a year mm -hmm. a year off like a, a gap year it turned out to only be about six months mm -hmm. um but it did show me that um we are more capable than what we give ourselves credit for. Mm -hmm. um, but also to not only depend on our own strength, you know, mm. um, and that's where my faith grew. Yes. Um, after this challenge, my faith became stronger and my trust in God and um, His love and His um, His power, you know. He did so many miracles in my life that I just can't, I just can't only rely on myself, you mm. know. Um, and also my family and my friends just it also created that awareness of the importance of being intentional in friendships you know mm -hmm. um, just like I received you know support and love that myself give out to others and be intentional of helping others making friendship and um, that has been something that I've been trying to carry out throughout the rest of my you know my life yeah, yeah. wow it's amazing thank you so much for sharing <laughs> Um, you speak to these different people that just had powerful places and in your journey in different parts when you needed people showed up for you mm -hmm. and you kind of shared just wanting to be more intentional in your friendships how are some other ways that you want to show up for your friends your family and people you are serving um, so other ways that I try is um, reaching out sometimes just you know giving a call or sending a message um, making sure that, you know let them know that i'm here for them um if they need any prayers you know praying for them um just uh being supportive as well something i wasn't good at before was kind of um with like small details mm -hmm. but i learned from one of my friends about that like just giving you know small details or if you can um so sometimes i try to do that you know show them that i'm thinking of them or yeah. um i uh, also talking to them, you know, getting to hear them out, listening to them. Um, I'm not, I'm still learning, you know, and kind of I've also learned about like the love languages, right? Like yes. understanding how it's not expecting them to be a certain way because I want that right. or like to, it's like, oh, they should have said that. And understanding that's what I want, but it's not how they are. Mm -hmm. So kind of to under keep myself reminded of that. It's like, I shouldn't expect them to act a certain way just because I want that, yeah. but it's not how they are. Exactly. <laughs> so kind of also being aware of that and kind of understanding each 
person's like love language or way of being and me- meeting them in the middle mm-hmm. right it's not just how i want them to be or how i wish the friendship looks like right. but it's just meeting them where they are mm-hmm. and looking to ways of how i can um being how i can love them of on the way they need it mm-hmm. and not expecting them to act a certain way because mm-hmm. i want that mm-hmm. so i think that's a key thing that i'm continuously trying to remind myself and um learn from mm-hmm. yeah. well uh finally where do you see yourself after our two-year master's program and um, continuously working in nutrition and equity um where do you want to be when we graduate that's a good question <laughs> i don't think i fully have the answer to that yeah. um one thing that i've learned is that it's it's good and it's important to have a vision of where you want to be yeah but closing myself to it's like i just want this and this is like the steps i want that was something i learned prior to starting uh prior to being diagnosed with the brain malformation i had a really plan of uh, i'm gonna graduate i'm gonna do my master's i'm gonna do my internship well no it was i'm gonna graduate i'm gonna do my internship get my credentials do a master's have a family <laughs> like it was you know it was i had it all ordered and all planned and you know it's surprised god surprised me with you know mm-hmm. um nope nothing like it's not gonna be that way right now right mm-hmm. he had a different plan and different um but it was way better right mm-hmm. his plan was way better than what i had planned for myself and i just re- recently realized because my mom made me the comments like it's not that he doesn't want that things because think about you're doing your masters right now yeah it's like that is so true didn't happen when i wanted but it did happen you know right now i'm starting my masters so not sure what's going to happen after my masters but i do hope that um, i'm able to combine my knowledge and my skills in nutrition with global health what i'm learning right now in order to help address those um global nutritional challenges around the world mm-hmm. right especially now with covid that we're seeing that increased in uh food insecurity increasing um, the importance of being healthy right, right. preventing health um, chronic diseases so i and most importantly i i've come to through different organizations that are working on providing nutritious meals at a place of education mm. i've come to realize the important wow like how important it is for a child to have at least one healthy meal throughout the day um, in order for them to focus in school in mm. order for them to learn um, to overcome poverty you know to be able to pursue their dream of either you know being a prof- you know a professional mm-hmm. um, so that's what really is in my heart right now it's like how can i help um, decrease hunger around you know how can i make a difference in making sure that children have access to at least one meal mm-hmm. and be able to help them achieve their dream of finishing high school at least right. um, so i'm not sure if it's gonna be looking in the way of you know research and implementing programs mm-hmm. creating awareness um i'm i'm open to anything um and but i'm excited i'm excited what's to come and um i do hope that i can help um care for others and make a difference and help this world be a better place <laughs> at least in a small way or in a big way not sure how it's going to look like <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe to Global Volumes wherever you listen to podcasts or follow Lisa Gashara to hear more from me. 
I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.